Welcome back to F Yeah F1. Uh, I'm Ryan Silverstein. I'm with here with my best bud Ian Kimball. Hey, man. Uh, and we are talking Monaco 2021. Uh, great race for the Formula One 2021 season. Uh, Ian and I actually got to watch this race together in person. Uh, we had cocktails, we had brunch, we had champagne. It was a great time. Uh, Ian, what did you think of the uh, Monaco race overall? Uh, I think that, first of all, you and I had a great day. And I strongly recommend to anyone ever to absolutely uh, have themselves a wonderful, fancy brunch uh, with their best F1 buddy for the Monaco Grand Prix. Because we ate good food. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Ferrari champagne like they do at the end of the race, which was exciting um i dressed like toto wolf and you dressed like christian horner yep uh, uh as we all know formula one's best friends forever yeah the bffs <laughs> um <laughs> yeesh um but yeah dude it was it was a great time and like honestly the only time that i felt like i couldn't get up from my seat was when the pit window happened yep and that was by far the most exciting thing. Um, but for what you and I were talking about during the race, the thing that stood out to me was like how much that some people might think Monaco is a boring race because there's not a lot of passing, but in reality, the technical skill it requires to do well at that track and, and really excel there. Uh, I mean, it's just extraordinary what those drivers were able to do. Um, and I think that, I think that we had a, a great race experience. That was, that was a wonderful Monaco to watch. I was really happy to, happy to check it out. Yeah, I totally agree. Anytime they go to the onboards at Monaco, I'm absolutely mesmerized because all I can imagine is myself plowing headfirst into a wall at 130 miles an hour. Oh dude, it makes my hands sweat yeah. when they do the onboards. Uh, and so I think I think you're right. I think it's better to look at a Monaco race from the vantage point of a like solo driver slash team slash mechanical challenge than it is like a, a traditional overtaking race. Right. Like it's about performance, both driver. It's like, again, as you know, I'm now apparently famous for saying on this podcast, like Formula One is about perfection and Monaco demands perfection more than exactly. maybe any other track. Exactly right. Uh, so with that, I wanted to go through our questions from last time, or at least the questions I had for you from last time. Yeah, I got to pull mine up. Um, so the, the first one that I had asked you was, will Mezepin crash in practice or qualifying? And he did not. He did not. Schumacher did, but Mazepin did not. Uh, and uh, I also asked you how many teams will be represented on the podium. Uh, you said three, which was 100% correct. Hell yeah. And then the real heartbreaker is I asked you if LeClaire will have home race redemption. And we were very wrong and very sad about it. I mean, it looked so good. So for anybody, you know, obviously no one knows. Uh, I was on my way driving to Ryan's house and uh he had texted me which i checked when i was at a red light don't text and drive um definitely don't text and drive when you're trying to go around monaco fact you will uh, you you will die you will die 
you will end up in the ocean. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I saw a text from you that said, um, and this is like right after I left when they were like, oh, Leclerc's car is good. He's going to be starting on pole, no problem. And I was like, great. And then a text came over from you that said, it doesn't look good. And I got nervous and I drove a little quicker and I walked in the door. And as I stepped foot into your house, they formally said that Charles Leclerc would not be starting the Monaco Grand Prix, which is absolutely heartbreaking for me, uh, for him. Um, there was a lot of really sweet moments that came out of that, though. Like, did you mm -hmm. see like all over F1 where like he was sitting on the wall, just totally dejected? And George comes over and just sits next to him, like Winnie the Pooh and shit. And I was like, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, we were talking on Sunday. Like F1 drivers being bros is one of my favorite things about the sport. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You know how these guys are. They're like, I mean, it's it's like Top Gun. <laughs> we're like, yeah, these guys are like, they're an elite group. No one else does what they do, and they all have to support each other because no one really, no one else really understands what it's like to be in that car. Right. Right. I saw an interview with Lewis Hamilton once who said that uh, he did that really cool. Um, my next guest with David Letterman. Mm. Uh, yeah, I keep did, meaning to watch that. Dude, watch it. It's so good. He did that interview and um, he said to him, uh, Letterman was like, you know, what's it like? And he just kind of shook his head at him and was like, I just wish I could give people the experience of what it feels like to go around a track in one of those cars. Like, I just wish you could feel it because we can't like it's impossible to ever feel what that's going to feel like. It's, a, it's an insane thing. Yeah. Um, and like, I, you know, it also like that makes me think of that scene in Ford versus Ferrari where uh, Shelby takes uh, Henry Ford the second yeah. around in the car. And by the end of it, like they're like stopped and he's and like Ford is like crying and laughing weeping. Yeah, weeping. At, at the same time, because it's yeah. that mix of like. I'm scared. I'm impressed. I'm amazed. This is the most wonderful and terrifying thing that I've ever experienced. Yeah. Like it's all that mix of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had no idea that this, that like I could feel like this. Mm -hmm. Or that so like cool. a car could do this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that goes to my first question to you, which is, uh, uh, you were sort of right um because i asked you does the does the person who gets pole position win and while charles got pole formally and max started in second considering charles didn't start the race you said that yes you said yes uh pole position would win um and you thought that it was going to be max and so max kind of informally started yeah, it, it's like I got it wrong on a weird technicality that I don't think anybody anticipated because yeah. I didn't even know that, like until that until it happened, that Leclerc not starting the race didn't mean that Max would line up at the second position, that they would just leave an empty spot at the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He that he does start at the second position. You mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. he doesn't actually. They didn't realign the grid so that everyone was moved up a spot they just left the, the first spot blank the pole spot right. uh was blank yeah um 
What other questions? Because I asked if Mazepin was going to make it through the first lap and follow up, how many people was he going to take out? Uh, and you said no, and that he wouldn't take out anybody because he'd be in last. But uh, he wasn't in last because Schumacher crashed in uh, qualifying. Mm-hmm. And Mazepin made it through the whole race somehow. Slowly. He was like, what, three laps down at the end? Three laps down, yeah. 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 Haas is... Uh, wildly atrocious yeah and i feel like it's yeah the car is bad uh i give them both credit for finishing the race honestly like at this point yeah just, it's not easy man you know um yeah so our, to run through our other predictions real quick uh i said that max was going to get pulled you said that lewis was going to get pulled we were again both technically wrong in that leclerc got the pull we'll talk more about that uh in yeah. a sec yeah. uh for podiums uh we were both right in that max won the race uh we both had lewis in second which clearly did not happen i had danny ricardo in third uh, and you had leclerc in third so uh we got the top one right we (laughs) got the first one man and way off for the other ones huh yeah which we have to talk about uh talk about all of them i think oh we will yeah um and then let's see. God, it's, I'm like Googling the 2021 Monaco Grand Prix because uh, I forgot to bring up the results. And the first hit is like Jude Law's daughter uh, it was at the Monaco Grand Prix with her boyfriend. And it was like a big deal, apparently. Neat. Yeah. Well, who cares? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then the uh, wild cards real quick. Uh, I said Checo. We get the fastest lap. Uh, but the fastest lap actually went to who did it go to Lewis. Uh, Lewis. Yeah. Uh, and then you had said three teams on the podium: Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari. So you were half right. And it was the, two thirds right. Yeah. Uh, Red Bull, Ferrari, and McLaren were on yes. the podium. Yes. Uh, so here's my question to you about Leclerc, because. If this is if was deliberate, because that, that wouldn't be the first time, especially at Monaco. Uh, I was digging into it. There's been times where uh, Nico Nico Rosberg uh, definitely parked his car in a barrier mm-hmm. uh, to end a qualifying session a little early. So the question is, did Leclerc do it on purpose and then royally fuck it up? I don't I don't think so. I really don't think so. Um, but if he did, karma bit him immediately. Yeah. Um, I really don't think that that he did, though, um, because there's there's easier places to crash around Monaco where it's not going to result in really, really, really destroying the car. Um, which, you know, he hit that wall hard. Like, mm-hmm. let's face it, he hit it. He hit it awfully hard. Um, and even Max kind of like what really kind of secured that for me was when Max was like, he didn't do it on purpose. Like he hit the same wall that I've hit and he was still trying to get a pole the, the way that the rest of us were like, everybody was on a flying lap, everybody between Bottas and Checo mm-hmm. and Max and Sergio, like everybody was trying to get pole position in that one lap. And like, so no, I don't, I don't think he did it on purpose. Um, 
But if he did, then he learned his lesson real, real, real fast. Yeah, I'm inclined to think it wasn't on purpose uh, just because I feel like it's a, again, it's just a much bigger risk and I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I did want to read you this quote from Kimmy uh, about his race. Oh, man. Uh, so he came, he, he was, yeah, finished outside the points in Monaco. Um, and he said, quote, not much happened in my race. End quote. End quote. <laughs> what would we ever do without Kimi Raikkonen? Right. Like, that's just a special thing. And like, I just really... I don't want to wake up on a day when Kimi Raikkonen is not racing in Formula One. Yeah. I, I want him to be the uh, the Mark Martin of Formula One. Where, like... I, yeah. yeah. You know, or, like, the Cal Ripken Jr. Where he's, like, he's just around all the time. Yeah. And... He's just still there. Wow, Mark Martin. That was a good... That was a good pull that you just did. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because I feel like he's like still racing and he's probably like 75 years old. He actually is still racing for sure. Oh, I I don't know if that's true or not. I (laughs) would be shocked if he actually, if he wasn't racing something, even if it's like those like little electric carts they have at Walmart, um, (laughs) he's racing something. He's racing some car around. Um, uh, Yeah, dude. I, uh, yeah, I think, well, he signed next year, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. It's awesome. Uh, and what, so did you hear about Latifi? What happened uh, to him? No, what happened? So he forgot to uh, plug in his drink tube the right way. Oh, no. So he was almost dehydrated. Uh, but he said he was so focused that he didn't even realize it until the end of the race because he was just like so, you know, just yeah, focused yeah. on what the he was doing. Is, yeah. That like after he got out of the car, he was like, oh shit like I didn't, I didn't take a drink the whole <laughs> oh man and when they probably weighed him they were like hey bro you just lost 15 pounds like you gotta go you gotta go drink some water <laughs> are you right dead now. like are you okay bro you good um all right so before we talk about power rankings yeah uh in which we'll do our, our recap of team by team i really do think there's one team that deserves extra attention uh for this race oh man there's and a that, there's and a few i could name but i'm excited to hear what you say yeah it, it's mercedes yeah okay yeah cool that's the direction <laughs> we're going in all right yeah. cool so i was like this could be really good and you could say red bull and i'd be like yeah red bull was great or like the which way are we going here when it comes to uh mclaren and i'd be like yeah but mercedes dude we have to talk about mercedes we have to talk about mercedes um what the fuck mercedes actual fuck like i mean not for nothing it's always fun to not see a mercedes on the or on the podium Mm -hmm. just because like great to see somebody else up there and and we got to see you know carlos get up there with his first uh podium with ferrari lando's second podium of the year uh i mean and Max, Max is a Monaco winner, like all wonderful things. And I would never change that podium for anything, but it's a weird weekend when both Mercedes start the race and like both should finish the race Yep. and they don't, or one of them doesn't. And the other one finished like Lewis Hamilton finished in seventh place behind Sebastian Vettel and Pierre Gasly. 
And he started the race behind them. Yeah. Or no, no. I'm sorry. He started the race behind Gasly. Yeah. And in front of Vettel. Yeah. Uh, He lost a position to the Aston Martin. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And he lost a position to uh, Checo. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about here? So, I mean, like, Lewis starts seventh, finishes seventh. He's the last car in the lead lap. Okay. So I know that his time you know, reflects him taking an extra pit stop to get the fastest lap. Okay. So like he finished a minute and eight seconds, almost a full lap behind Verstappen. So even if you take 20 seconds out of that, mm-hmm. like he's still finishing behind. He's pretty far behind. Yeah. He'd be 58 seconds. So he still would have been behind Gasly. It's not like the pit stop cost him a position, but they made up yeah, no. fastest lap. Like, uh, and Lewis is, he's, you know, he's a three-time Monaco Grand Prix winner. So, I, you know, slouch, man. there were people talking about how uh, Mercedes has a, a longer wheelbase, like that their car is a little bit longer than most of the other cars, but okay. like it's Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how, like how much longer are we talking? Cause it's not two feet. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. Like I, I don't. I, I would be surprised if it's, if it's six inches, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think it's, pro- I bet it's less than an inch. I bet it's less than like three centimeters, you know, yeah. like I can't fathom the rules allowing a car to be that much different. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, it's because the wheelbase, so it might be the distance between the wheel, like the car might right. be the same length, but the wheels might be a little bit forward or, you know. Like, yeah. But I mean, I'm sure there's a rule for that. Oh, I'm sure there is. Everything. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I just I it was just. It was just shocking. But then like, and you could tell honestly that there wasn't a major problem with the car because Valtteri started up there. Like he showed Mm -hmm. up and he had a really good race. He was, he was easily keeping up with Max until Mercedes did. Like, I, I wish that we had a camera on us during the race. Oh my God. Because my jaw hit the floor so hard when five seconds went by. And then 10 seconds went by. And then we were just both speechless. We were both speechless and also shouting at the same time. I can, I still cannot believe that. that ha- I've watched the replay of this pit stop like five times yeah. in the past like couple days. They still couldn't get the wheel off after like they had to send the car back to the factory to remove the wheel. Like it's a catastrophic failure. Complete catastrophic failure complete catastrophic failure. Yeah. And so to be clear, it's not the pit crew's fault. No. No. Like this is some kind of absolutely bizarre fucked up just either design flaw or like just one of those like really rare things that just happens. Like they still don't know exactly what caused it from yeah, what I the, understand. The nut just machined on and like that was it. Like, do you see the do you see the shot of Bottas throwing his gloves after getting out of the car? Yeah, and I don't fucking blame him. Oh, I don't fucking blame him either. If he was if he was a hothead driver, like somebody on that pit crew would be dead right now. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought somebody was going to be dead after Lewis's pit stop. Like all things considered, we're talking about like a major flaw that happened with with Valtteri's car, which, you know, poor him because all of the bad luck seems to fall on him. But man, when Lewis, when they played the radio of Lewis talking to his team 
after they completely blew their their pit stop strategy mm-hmm. and lost all those places, it's like I don't blame like it seems like when Mercedes screws up a little, they screw up a lot. You know what I mean? Like when when For real Mercedes has a bad luck day, man, it is a real bad luck day. I mean, and and again, it's it's frustrating because it's not. Lewis's or Bottas's fault no you know it's you know and like I sort of expect every team to get like one mechanical DNF uh per season or or retirement or whatever you know I I don't know the difference honestly um or if they just use different terms I mean I think it's still it's still a DNF it's just that you know it's for car you know mechanical issue versus uh an accident like on the Wikipedia, the time slash retired reason that they have for Bottas is wheel nut. <laughs> like, I can't imagine that happening. Like, I, I can't imagine that's a common note on these, like, Formula One results grids. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, uh, I mean, I don't with think... Leclerc, it's like the drive shaft hub. Like, okay, like, yeah, you sure. know, it's a mechanical thing was caused from an accident. Like, we get it. Yeah. But, like, wheel nut? Like, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I have wheel nuts on my car. I've almost stripped uh, a uh, a wheel nut uh, screw yeah. trying to get tires off my wife's car. But <laughs> Whoa, that's a bad day. Don't it's do a, that. It's a it's a real bad day. I've come close because those guns that they use are so powerful. Yeah, that they just like you know if Bop. anything yeah. if anything that threading is off, you're just fucked. But like. Yeah. I have never seen that in any of the races I've ever watched in my entire life. And again, I still can't believe that it happened. And then it happened to Mercedes. And then like, if that was like a Haas thing, we'd be like, all right, well, yeah, sure. Something goofy. Yeah. They bought a cheap part or whatever. Yeah. Well, like, I wonder how much to blame like Pirelli is like, can Mercedes go to Pirelli and be like, you completely blew this for us. But that has to be the wheel. Like, cause they give them the tires, but like, that's the wheel setup. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just know that, like, you know, beyond what happened to Valtteri's wheel, which is, it seems to me, like, the consensus is that it's just a freak accident. Beyond that, like, the fact that Lewis just couldn't figure out Monaco, of all things, and then that his team screwed up his pit stop, and, like, he was berating them back and forth, and you know, somebody got, somebody got punched in the face. I don't know who, but like it, Toto, Toto was like, which one of you has the youngest child? And they were like, no, Toto, no. They all freaked out. Like, it's really interesting because it really was a side of Mercedes that we don't see ever, which yeah. is them. Like, like we've seen them fuck up pit stops before. We occasionally see sure. them screw up pit strategy. But to have a total and absolute catastrophic failure on both in the same race and it affecting Lewis Hamilton is astonishing. Because one, they pitted him first. And like they should, and then they put the hards on, which was like just seemed unnecessary. Like I, I guess they were like assuming there was going to be a safety car of some kind, which there wasn't. Right. But like I, I don't know. I just, they just, they just blew it so bad. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. just blew it so bad. And, and then like, even, even, uh, 
they were saying because we look at what what's coming next. Baku is another road course, and it's a it's a little bit faster, but not by much. And uh, it's very very similar to Monaco. And if Mercedes couldn't get their shit together at Monaco with that car, then like, what is going to happen at Baku? You know? Yeah, I'm very excited and very eager to see it. Honestly, yeah, that's a that's a conversation for next week. But um, but like, still, the thing that the thing that I keep going back to is that Valtteri was running in second place with no problem. Like he was easily and comfortably mm-hmm. in second place. So it makes me wonder less what happened to Mercedes and more what happened to Lewis Hamilton. That's totally fair because it, if it hadn't been for that issue, there was a good chance that that Bottas would have at least podiumed. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine a situation that would have happened where he didn't finish in second place on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk power rankings? Um, I do want to touch on a couple other teams first. Yeah, um, let's do it. For instance, um, I think Ferrari shocked everyone this weekend. Yeah. Um, and I really hope that they have the same success at Baku, except with both drivers. Um, because, I mean, we said it ourselves, there was a damn good chance that Ferrari would have had two cars on the podium this weekend if Charles could have started. Um, whether they would have been first and third or, or second and third or first and second, I don't know, but real good chance that there would have been two red cars on that podium. Um, so really, really nice to see after all the struggles last year and even with the, the issues Charles had uh, not being able to start, uh, great to see both cars really show up and perform well uh, on, at the same time on a weekend, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think we've said it before, uh, Carlos Sainz really is performing the best of any of the drivers that changed teams Yep. Uh, last year. Um, you know, on that note, I also want to shout out Checo because, like we said, he... Amazing race. Started ninth, finished yeah. fourth, which at Monaco is... I mean, that's that's impressive for any Grand Prix, but at Monaco, that is triply impressive. Yeah, that's almost that's almost shockingly impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder how many drivers in Monaco history have, especially like in modern F1 history, have gained five places in a race, not due to accidents. Right, right. Especially because, of, you know, the safety car. I mean, yeah, you know. Which there wasn't a safety car at all. Right. Um, and then I also want to give a shout out to uh, Aston Martin finishing for the fir- for with both drivers in the points for I think the first time this season was Lance in the points. Yeah, Lance finished eighth. Re- oh shit, that's right, he did mm-hmm. finish eighth. Good for him. Great to see Vettel up there. Mm-hmm. Um, really wonderful to see that. Um, I don't know what happened to Danny Ricardo this week. Um, McLaren. It seems that he just can't get that car under him. Yeah, and I think you know to what we were talking about earlier. Like I've I've seen some like interviews with some of the McLaren team where they're saying like, look, this car is really different from the Renault uh, setup. Just the, the car handles very differently. And I think on a track that is as technically precise as Monaco, I think that difference comes out even bigger than on uh, some of the other circuits. So do you think that? 
later this year uh, or even next year, we will see the Danny Ricardo we all are familiar with podium and win races with McLaren. I think Ricardo will win a race by the end of the season. By the end of this season. By the end of this season. With McLaren. With McLaren. I like this. Uh, I love this prediction. I love everything that you're saying right now. <laughs> uh, I'm 50%. I genuinely believe it. And 50%, I'm willing it to happen. Uh, but I definitely think I, he will absolutely podium. I definitely also, like, I want to go on the record and say, Danny Ricardo, he will win a race in his first season with McLaren. Wow. I love it. I love everything that's coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, um, but yeah, good for Lando. Great mm-hmm. race. Finishing in third at Monaco. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Um, yeah. And then, hey, not for nothing, Alfa Romeo. Uh, Antonio Giovinazzi getting a point. Mm-hmm. Getting into Q3. Getting a point. Um, Kimmy finishing right behind him. Good to see that team uh, really separate themselves from the rest of the well from mainly from Williams and Haas right no it, it's really great uh, I'm really happy for Giovinazzi uh, and then you know with Red Bull having a great weekend with Mercedes having a disaster of a weekend uh, the standings really shook up so uh, Max Verstappen is number one in the driver's championship as he should be Max uh, Verstappen is number one in the driver's championship it's a good feeling. Wow. That's so, the, I, I won't get tired of saying that at any point. I mean, five years from now, who knows, but yeah, right. this season. Hey, man. Hey, man. Did you happen to see um, how many laps have been led by drivers this season? No, I did not see that. Dude, it's something like, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like Lewis has like 70 laps led. Valtteri has like, maybe 20 or 30 something uh somebody else had like 10 and i think checo checo had like five or ten mm-hmm. and max had like 240 yeah because wasn't it like portamao i think it was portamao or spain yeah, he led the entire race and then lost at the end and lost at the end and yeah. then monaco he led every single lap at monaco mm-hmm. so like he's staying up front man he like you look at it and like, and the only reason, the only reason he lost that race that he led to the entire thing for was because they missed that pit window. Yeah. That was it, man. They took a gamble and they blew it, but we're living in the past. Let's talk about the future. Uh, Max Verstappen is number one and Red Bull is up by one point in the constructors championship. One point. One point. One, one point. point. Uh, real quick, I I just wanted to make sure we touch on that Lando officially overtook Bottas in the driver's championship. Yeah. Uh, so he's now ahead by nine points. That's right. And he's behind Lewis by 40 something points. Uh, and then Checo also moved up a spot. So he's now Mm -hmm. fifth in the driver's championship. He's only three points behind Bottas. Right. Uh, and then in the constructors championship, uh, McLaren and Ferrari stayed they stayed the same position wise, uh, but Ferrari close to two points behind McLaren. And then Aston Martin uh, jumped two places to now be the official fifth place team for the season so far. Wow. Wow. How about that? 
so, all the shit we've been talking about Aston Martin and they managed to show up at Monaco finally. I mean, they're 60 uh, they're 59 points behind Ferrari. So Yeah, but I mean, still like I know. <laughs> to separate themselves, you know, because Alpine's been doing great. They didn't mm-hmm. they definitely didn't have a good weekend at Monaco, uh but Alpine's been doing great. Uh it's been nice to kind of see see that fight go on between um Aston Martin, Alpine and um uh, Alphatari, Alphatari, yeah, yeah. Aston Martin, Alphatari, and Alpine are within two points of each other. Yeah, which is wonderful. Like, yeah, it's I really so nice that there's four separate constructors races going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Red Bull is leading the the actual constructors championship. McLaren is leading the one A Formula One race. Yeah, right. Uh, Aston Martin is leading the midfield and then Alfa Romeo is leading the best of the rest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I I, I dig it. I like it. I think it's great, man. So real quick, one more thing before we get into power rankings. Here's my question for you. All right. Let's say this was a racing series where all of the cars were the same. Okay. Okay. So all the cars are equal. All the teams are equal. What team has the best driver lineup like if you were ha- like you had to you, you have to, I have the to pair pick together yeah right um right now i'm picking i think i'm gonna pick hmm okay so haas is out williams is out alpha mm-hmm. tower is out mm-hmm. um Alpine's out mm-hmm. and Alfa Alfa, Romeo's out. Alfa Romeo's out. Um, yeah, and Aston Martin's out just because Lance Stroll, he just hasn't shown up this year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think Mercedes is out. So it's between Red Bull, McLaren, and Ferrari for me. And I think right now, damn. And then I would, I would even take, I would take McLaren out of that because I think Lando is a little too green, getting a little too big for his britches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm between Red Bull and Ferrari, and I'm inclined to lean towards Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I take that. I so one, I think it's amazing that like. It is a difficult question. That That's like a it hard is, question. It is. There are legitimately like if someone was like, "Oh, McLaren," I'd be like, "Yeah, I get that." Sure. You know, if someone was like Aston Martin, I would raise an eyebrow, but I would hear them out. Sure. Um, but I think I think I agree with you that it, it's it's like a coin flip between Ferrari and Red Bull. Mm-hmm. I think personally, I would probably end up taking Red Bull just because I think. The only driver on the grid that is a better driver than Max is Lewis Hamilton. And I think that Checo is better than Carlos. I think, I think, I think he has a lot more experience. Yeah. Like and if so I was going to pick them yeah. for a race, so how's this? If, I, if it was like a single race, I would probably go Ferrari. If it's a season, I'm going to go Red Bull. I hear, I hear that argument and I, I don't really have a counterpoint. Other than um, while I hear you that the only driver better than Max is Lewis, 
I do raise you, and I know that I'm a fan, and so like I'm super biased, but I do raise you a Charles Leclerc who managed all last season. I mean, like he had, I think other than other than Lewis, didn't he have the most poles in 2019 with yeah, that no, Ferrari? Yeah, if and I was then, gonna if I was gonna rank the drivers, Leclerc would easily be third. Like I, I, I don't I don't disagree with you anything that you're saying. See, uh, I, I almost I almost contend that he might be higher than third. Because yeah, what I, he's able to do in that Ferrari that just notoriously has been underperforming for the last couple of years. Like that's you know, that's a if you put him in that Red Bull or that Mercedes, we're talking a much different ballgame. Like if he said, like, if if tomorrow they announced that Charles was taking Checo's spot and was driving for Red Bull, holy shit. Like, or or that he was taking Valtteri's spot. Could you imagine if, if he took Valtteri's spot tomorrow and they're like, yeah, he drives for Mercedes now? Like, we would have to completely rethink where the championship is going to fall. Oh, you're, again... I'm not disagreeing with any of the propositions you're making. I hear you. It's just, I hear you. it's a tough, it's a tough, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I it's an excellent question to ask though. Yeah. I, and I, it's one I want to keep, I want to continue to ask as the season goes on. I agree. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what, again, like that's what, that's what I love about this sport is that yeah. like evolves, we can have man. like, right. And we can have these conversations and we can like, you're like, I agree with everything you're saying, but I just can't quite wrap my head around. Yeah. Like and Leclerc week, being better than Max, which is week you know. to week, it, revo- it it evolves so much because it's like we saw truly how a Mercedes and how Mercedes drivers perform on a tighter, slower road course where they don't get a whole lot of clean air ever. You know, we saw how the Mercedes performs. We saw how, Car- like like we've been saying between Checo and Carlos no one has been getting more comfortable in their car. And like, what does that mm-hmm. say about Danny Ricardo? Danny Ricardo, Formula One race winner, I think champion level driver, mm-hmm. can't figure out a car. He just can't figure it out. And like, what does that say when Carlos Sainz and Checo Perez both can, you know, in the same amount of time? It's, uh, yeah, I think that's a wonderful question. And I'm really mad at you for asking because that's <laughs> literally what I'm going to think about for the next three days. Wait, uh, happy to cause those problems. Um, so, so going through the power rankings real quick, uh, I was normally I am not surprised because normally I feel like we are pretty well in step with the six panel, six judges on yeah. Formula One.com's power rankings panel. Um, so Lando number one, mm-hmm. which I get it. I get it. Um, I don't, but okay. No, I, I get it. I don't agree. Okay, like, cool. Like I would rate him high, but like I would still put. No, I would probably. Uh, well, I would, no, I no. Put, I definitely, okay. I definitely disagree with you because I would actually put him. He probably wouldn't make my top four, honestly. Yeah. Even though he podiumed. Yeah. No. Be, yeah. I mean, Checo. Vel. Yeah. No, that's not, that it. That, you're reading my mind. You're yeah, reading Max, my mind. Max Verstappen and Carlos Sainz. That's yeah, top four. right. It's it's Max in my mind. The top the top four is Max, Carlos, Checo, uh, then Lando. 
Max, would you say Max, Carlos, Checo, Checo. and then Lando? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. And I could even see an argument for putting Vettel above Lando. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, see that I, argument. I would entertain, I would entertain Honestly, that notion. I, I see the argument for putting Bottas above Lando for this well, week. For this week. is also true. Um, I, I have one point of disagreement with that, but we'll get it when we talk about Bottas sure, again. Sure. Uh, all right. So Norris, uh, then Verstappen in a clear number, number two. It's crazy that it's only Verstappen's 12th win. Yeah, man. Yeah. But you how know. many times has he been in second place? Yeah. And like, um, but it's very cool that this is the first time uh, Red Bull has led the constructors since Brazil 2013. Which was uh, still Sebastian Vettel days. Yes. Uh, number three, Carlos Sainz finishing second. Um, he was disappointed that he didn't get uh, the pole or wasn't able to squeeze out a victory. But that is an impressive, impressive weekend for Carlos Sainz, as we've said. I, yeah, I can't, I can't give that dude enough credit. I mean, like what he was able to do in that Ferrari and only his fifth race with Ferrari. Uh, and the fact that like all things considered, he probably could have won that race. Mm-hmm. You know? Like that's a, that's a hell of a drive from a really nice dude. I like him a lot. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, number four. Uh, I, I, I would still have him a little bit lower, but I do want to give him props. I also really want to give Otmar props because their pit strategy, they, you know, they were able to get ahead of Lewis and Pierre Gasly with their pit strategy, which I yeah, think yeah. is super impressive. Like that's just, just as impressive as passing them on the course. Yeah. Uh, which was so cool that we got to actually watch him come out of the pit and make that pass. Oh, wait. No, we didn't. We watched Lance Stroll go around a corner. Oh, yeah. So apparently, because uh, I was listening to another Formula One podcast that shall not be named, uh, not because we don't like them, but just because we don't. They're the big dog in, the, in, yeah. in this arena. But it's, Oh, the Formula One podcast. Yeah. So they were they were talking about how apparently the TV crew in Monaco is like the Monaco tv crew there's some kind of weird arrangement that they that the tv people have where like it's a monaco local tv crew like they they only do monaco races it's like they do the high school football games and the monaco races and right yeah (laughs) they're Um, like they're like the channel 13 of monaco right right exactly so like they (laughs) they do they only do this every and apparently they get to call what is actually playing on the broadcast which is insane to me terrible job um, so that's why the race was probably even more exciting than we even got to see because they kept cutting away from actual interesting stuff yeah. for some reason. They did about as bad as you can do. Uh, number fifth, number five, number fifth. Uh, number fifth. <laughs> uh, Pierre Gasly, um, who, you know, he had his best finish of the season in six, which is pretty good. Yeah, man. Um, you know, and then he said he had to let Vettel go by and not try to pass him again, or he would end up in the harbor, quote unquote. Wow. Uh, but yeah, Gasly man. seems to like Monaco. He does pretty well here overall. He does. Yeah, he does. And he seems to be super comfortable in that car. Uh, I really like Gasly a lot as a driver. Um, 
But yeah, man, there was something to be said for that little race between him and Vettel when Vettel was coming out of the pits. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show those extra years of experience and what a championship driver Sebastian Vettel is because he knew he, he knew he could hold on to that car for just a blip longer mm-hmm. and, and get into, uh, you know, get, get that car where it needed to be. And that's and two points. Gasly, that, Gasly that, couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah Gasly that, had to get off the gas. You know what I mean? Yep. And that move is two points. Hell yeah. So, Hell yeah. you know, uh, in sixth position on the power rankings, Antonio Giovinazzi. That's just cool. Honestly. Uh, I feel like he's been doing well all season uh, as well as you can in Alfa Romeo. Uh, but he, his qualifying effort was just great. And the fact that he held onto it through the whole race is just total. I, I have nothing but good things to say about him right now. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, sort of ditto for uh, for Ocon, who, by the way, I feel like he's been in Formula One since he was like 13 years old because he's 24. Ocon? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, wasn't was it his rookie season in 2018? <laughs> no, I thought he I thought he was. Or, let me look, actually. Yeah, because 18 he was in, and then 19. <laughs> excuse me, 19. Um, he was not, and then. 2021 he started in the second half of 2016 so he started the belt the 2016 belgian grand prix wow uh and then he was with force india in 17 and 18 and then he was a reserve driver and then he came back last season holy shit yeah um so good for him um batas they had in eighth despite his dnf which again it's not his fault um and then, so apparently, according in this Power Rankings article, according to Mercedes technical director James Allison, Bontas did a better job of getting his front tires up to temperature than Lewis Hamilton. So, like, something was up with Hamilton this season, uh, or this race, rather. Yeah. Sidebar, I, now I wonder what team, they, or if the Drive to Survive crew was in Monaco and what team they were following. Because... If it's Ferrari or Mercedes, it's going to be super interesting. <laughs> oh boy, that's uh, yeah. I want to know. Um, I mean, if it's, I I want to know if the if the Netflix curse <laughs> happened to Mercedes because if it did, I will um, I will very very happily shit my pants. Uh, and the ninth, who I think is criminally low in these power rankings is Sergio Perez. Yes. Yes. Agreed. It's, I have no idea why he's in ninth place in these power rankings. I mean, he was on the verge of a podium. Like he got really close to Lando. Hell yeah. Uh, and Lando was able to hold on, I think at a different track under similar conditions, uh, Checo would have been on the podium. Oh yeah. Uh, if it was a, if it was an easier track to pass on, then we would have had two Red Bulls on the podium. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so so he was ninth, and then they gave Leclerc tenth for getting pole. Um, you know, which I think is is fair. Sometimes I feel like they they overrank qualifying in these. Yeah, but I mean he looked great in practice too. You know, he was he was showing up all weekend. I mean, Ferrari was was at the top of of all three practices at the top of qualifying. 
Um, and he, you know, I just, I, it's so, it's impressive to me. I know that I'm a Ferrari fan and it's going to get annoying, but like, it just. It'll only get really annoying if they start winning. Yeah. Right. Then I'll be like, yeah, you know, it, my, my disappointment when I heard he was out of the race, like I almost left your house. Yeah, I get it. I didn't almost leave. I, I mean, we had a lot of fun to have, we did. but I, uh, I was sad. I was sad. But yeah, man, where does that bring us in the overall power rankings for the year? So uh, noted absence from this power ranking is Lewis Hamilton. Um, yes. So Verstappen uh, solidly in the lead for the power rankings for the season. Lando in second. Then Lewis, uh, who is now tied with Leclerc. Yeah. Uh, and then in fifth for the season is carlos science so that means that like if there was a constructors power rankings leaderboard ferrari would be the number one team wow wow hey man they're getting it done yeah so very exciting uh i'm looking forward to uh to azerbaijan um i don't have the official name of that race in front of me unfortunately uh, but I, I'm super pumped for the rest of the season. Like, I feel like we're through like the first, you know, major chunk of the season uh, with Monaco. And then it's just, there's so much more to come with Formula yeah. One. I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I mean, things look, things look really good this year. Uh, it's been, like you said, it's just been so much fun so far. Um, so cool to, see these new teams and so cool to see like actual fights not just i mean because the fight for first and second i don't think we could ask for more five races in uh but the fights down the line constructors and drivers it's just been so exciting to watch uh and we have coming up uh so we have baku on june 6th and then we have three back to back to back races whoa so the French Grand Prix and then the two races uh, at the Red Bull Ring in Austria are the 20th, the 27th, and July 4th. Wow. So, wow. Man, that's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be great. Oh, uh, so much fun. So, Ian, do you want to tell the people what we are doing for next week's show? Next week, we are going to do a quick, brief, fun little recap of The Greatest Spectacle in Racing the indianapolis 500 um i am so excited for it uh it's one of my favorite races i'm sure it's uh, a lot of people's favorite races every single year um i uh yeah i'm really i'm really looking forward to seeing what what happens there indycar has been pretty cool this year um i don't know i haven't been following it nearly as closely as F1, but I know that there's been a lot of uh, first time winners. I think they had every single week so far this year, except for like the first one, Scott Dixon, who is leading the championship and is somehow still racing um, is, is he won, I think the first race, but then other than that, it's been all first time winners uh, with the Indy cars, which has been cool. So, yeah, we'll do a quick recap of the Indy 500, and then we will do our preview of Baku. F yeah. F yeah, dude. I can't uh, wait. I'm so excited. I do have a, a recommendation. Uh, 
So if if people especially aren't familiar with the Indy 500, uh, John Green, who's a YouTuber slash YA author, he wrote The Fault in Our Stars, um, among other among other books. Uh, he is a, a podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed, where he rates aspects of human existence on a five star scale. Oh shit! Um, he's a really big. He's from uh, the Indianapolis area. Oh, cool. Uh, so he has an episode where he rates the Indianapolis 500. So, um, oh, dude, you have to send that to me. Yeah, and the whole his he does like two topics an episode. The whole episode's like. 20 minutes or so so it's 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 a nice fun listen i think he turned it into a book i don't know if the indy 500 is in the book or not but um you know that episode is targeted at people i think who don't think about motor racing yeah and why and it really goes into why the indy 500 is what it is yeah it is uh it is an important race for sure Um, the triple crown probably the triple crown baby um can't wait till max races at indy wins it's gonna happen Dude, if Max wins the Triple Crown, I'll throw up. Me too. It'll be um, in the middle of the night because he'll do the Le Mans last probably. And hell yeah. <laughs> um, him, Lewis, and uh, Charles will. They be should. They should the do Le a team. team. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll win by like twenty minutes. <laughs> they'll just be so far ahead. It's so great. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, I think we have. Uh, do you have anything to? Anything else? Anything to add? Anything to throw out? No, just uh, you know, reminder that we are part of the Movie John Podcast Network, and there are nine other podcasts uh, that are out there ready for you to listen Man. to, especially if you like movies. Uh, so go check out my other podcast. I saw it in a movie. Uh, Rosalie is back doing the Cinematic Crypt. Uh, her most recent. The production that she does on those episodes is nothing short of astounding. Like I, yeah. like listening to it, it's just her like. And she's pulling in different audio clips and sound effects. And, you know, yeah. it really, it, it's super fun. She does a great she's job. Killing it. She's killing it. Um, and I'm also excited about uh, Dep Impact. Jenna's always coming out with some pretty cool shit on there. Uh, of course, I like to movie movie. Those guys have been doing some great stuff. Uh, across the board. Across the board. Killer Bees. Good shows, man. Movie John has a great lineup of shows yeah and uh i know that uh our friend jacob harrington his based on nothing podcast is going to join the network which i guess that means he's going to keep doing it for a while yeah now he has to keep doing it i remember the first time i met him it was on his podcast it was so many years ago and he was then like i don't know why i'm still doing this podcast this might be the last episode five years later (laughs) five years later (laughs) he's like i hate doing this I wish I didn't have to. No microphones. No, no. he just hits record on his computer. And, and you know great. what? His podcast is so fun. I'm always happy to be a guest on there. Always happy to see who he has as a guest. He gets yeah, really interesting people on his, oh, on yeah. his show all the and time. He has great conversations. Great mm-hmm. conversations. That's exciting. I'm glad that he's going to be a part of it. That's cool. Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at um, one pod. Uh, or you can always email us at F-E-F-1-O-N-E at gmail.com. Yep. And you can find uh, both of us on Instagram. Uh, Ian is Ian or whatever. I'm Silver whatever. Uh, that's both on Instagram. And then I'm Silver whatever at pretty much every other uh, social media site that give, that I give a damn about. Yeah, man. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and we'll be, like we said, we'll be back next week uh, talking yes. IndyCar. 
Yeah. And like an Indy 500 in Baku. It's going to be great. I can't wait. F yeah, F1. F yeah.